Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Well, 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 Sam, after what feels like a long old slog, we finally got to the end of the season. I uh, I guess, you know, out of outside of Saints, great final day for the Premier League. We've now got a few months break. Surely that's uh, yeah, and put you in a good mood, hasn't it? Yeah, it was an incredible final day. I mean, I mean luckily Saints were well down the uh, pecking order in terms of games that anyone was bothering with at the weekend. Who is watching, come on, genuinely, who is watching Leicester Saints, given what was going on? on I mean, they could have been, that game could have been 6 all, and it would have been last match today. Because it's, I, I know, <laughs> I, was, I think there was, was it one or two games that had nothing on it, that and Chelsea Watford, and even Chelsea Watford, Mike Dean's last game, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit more uh, entertaining than ours, than just yeah, would- John, Mo- John Moss. Did you see the image at the end of uh, with Vardy? Was it Schmeichel and yeah, John Moss? Thanks for retiring, Mossy, was there? And then <laughs> and then he's gone and got and he's been given the <clears throat> given the championship playoff final on Sunday. Has he? Yeah, so he's not even he's, he's still not even finished. Just when they thought he was out of there, freaking waddle around. They pulled him back in. What was the performance that really was the nail in the coffin for old Mossy recently? Was it the Villa? Was it Villa Liverpool? I think oh. there was a performance where just across yeah, social media yeah. and watching the game, it was like embarrassing how bad it was. Um, maybe Sunday's wasn't much better. Can't really speak in depth about the broader decisions past the main ones because I was firmly watching what was going on at the Etihad and Anfield. Um, firstly, brilliant that Liverpool didn't win the title. We're aligned on that. Yeah, absolutely. It was. I mean, I was very... In terms of a professional point of view, because my job is very much like get stuff prepped if someone's going to win the league or something like that. We were we had sure. everything prepped, everything prepped for Man City winning the league. And they go 2 0 down. I'm just like, oh, God, this is going to make my. A, 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 I, don't, I dislike Liverpool tremendously. And B, I do, not, I do not need them to change my entire like, plan for the evening at work and to get stuff ready for Liverpool winning the league. and Luckily, that's been nipped in the bud. I mean, it was incredible last 10 minutes, wasn't it? But yeah, luckily they got over the line. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually think about the knock-on impact on your work. But yeah, I guess kind of two two reasons for you why I didn't want Liverpool to win it. I think just like the way it panned out with the sort of five, six-minute comeback or whatever it was that, that City staged and like shit like the fake 3 3 crowd uh yeah that was, like, that was tremendous that was tremendous that is just so good you got you love to see stuff like that Clock um, moaning about the Wolves fans as well um like celebrating city's goals i mean has he has he like interact has he like met football fans before well yeah i know like that, i mean that's that's the reason why pe- people go to football matches is it not to g- give the opposition shit. The piss and, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah no that was uh 
that was class chance of you've nearly won the league um fair play to the wolves fans fair play to saints fans from what i've heard um in amongst what has been an absolutely dreadful few months a uh, sort of ray of 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 uh of light in just the the shite that has been Samson Football Club. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go to Leicester. I was I was very much at work. But at the Brentford game, the Saints fans are really good. Um, I know there was a few murmurings of Ralph uh, sat in the morning and don't know what you're doing. But in between, it, like, other than other than that, there was the fans are brilliant. I've got, I've seen a, seen a couple of videos from the weekend, and yeah, fans fans are great again, especially the last. Three months, it's been a bloody hard slog and fair play to people people going up and down the country watching that. Yeah, yeah, big kudos to the Travelling Saints fans. We are going to, we sort of, we, we don't have to, but we will touch on both the Liverpool and Leicester games because those are the two games that happened since we last podded. But this is like an end of season special. Uh, me and Sam are going to do some awards, which... Looking at the list, they're relatively positive and not much of a drum roll from, the, from some of the winners, I don't think. Yeah, I know, of course, but we can have a little, you know, <laughs> yeah, healthy yeah. discussion on on some of them. Um, yeah, I certainly don't think at least pair of the season is going to be much of a discussion, but uh, it is tough at the minute to look back on the season positively. But doing this and kind of thinking about the awards it did at least remind me that there were some all right moments throughout the season. But I don't know about you, and I was thinking of, of kind of this more broadly towards football. Just since Saints have been shit, and we've been really shit over the last few months, and also nothing to play for, which is like a, I guess if you're shit and nearly getting relegated or in a relegation battle, at least you can kind of maybe get excited for certain games or nervous. I've just had this deep sense of apathy towards Southampton Football Club and more broadly football I just could not wait for the season to end I, I kind of forgot got two huge games this weekend with the Champions League final and um, playoff final as well which I'm looking forward to but geez it's just been not easy to get yourself up for football at the minute yeah it's been a hell of a slog I mean there's been some ex- really good games obviously at the weekend there's been great games but yeah I mean the whole Saints side of things the last few months have been purely for the social side of it for me and then the 90 minutes just sort of gets in the way in between Sure. <laughs> it's probably a good way to look at things, but yeah, it's been a tough slog the last few months. I think still, I'm just still sat here patiently waiting for reaction to the Aston Villa result. Aren't we all, mate? Aren't we all? Yeah. Ralph's still scratching his head, not knowing why this happens. Well, we'll we'll chat about the Liverpool game first. We'll do them in order. Um, I mean, I, I was a bit baffled by this. I think it's something that always get le- gets levelled at Ralph, maybe by people that don't watch a lot of Saints, is that actually we're relatively competitive in, in big games or, or we'll, we'll have a go. <laughs> uh, this like could not have been like sort of further away from having a go or showing any intent. Obviously, we went 1-0 up, but the game for me was just, so dull from a Southampton perspective. We effectively put, you know, 10 men behind the ball and we're just lumping it forward and clearing our lines haplessly, almost like we were in a completely different, you know, division or tier to, to Liverpool. It just wasn't good. And I think we messaged each other afterwards saying that that was pretty fucking pathetic. Yeah, it was, 
I mean, I've heard it a couple of times this week. It was literally like a League Two team playing Liverpool in the FA Cup. It was, yeah, I mean, there's never been, I don't think it's ever been a more obvious a team takes the lead and they'll still lose than that game. And also a team being, a team, we were basically thrashed 2-1. That's, that's how bad it was. I mean, all of a sudden in the last like two minutes, you started getting the ball forward and had Liverpool on the edge of the box. And I thought, why weren't we doing this 20, 25, 30 minutes ago? It's just like, <laughs> we're, we're 2-1 down. So that, I mean, I mean, we lost, you think we lost to a lucky, to a relatively lucky goal. But let's be honest, they would have scored any, they would have scored regardless. And yeah, it's just, it was just pathetic. I mean, even we went one new up and you thought, hang on, right, okay, let's, let's give them a bit of a fright because obviously they had to get a result to keep, keep it alive to the final day. I mean, I sort of compare and contrast it to we played him at home in the first season, well, first, not the first full season of the Ralph, Ralph's first season in charge, 18 19, when they were going, when Liverpool were going hammering Tom yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, We went 1 0 up and long score, long score really early. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we had, a, we had a proper go that day. I know we ended up losing 3 1, but we actually, we, were, we looked dangerous. And a couple of, we actually had Liverpool in a bit of bother at times. We lost 3 1 because they're a brilliant side, fair enough. We, we were at the start of like our sort of rebirth under Ralph there. Obviously, there's been ups and downs since then, but compare it to them where we've had what three years of three years of Ralph, and it's gone so far down downhill. It's unbelievable. Even just I know we we lost three one and two one, but we might as well have had a go in last Tuesday and lost three one or four one. I mean, like who cares? It's Liverpool. They can they can beat they beat much better teams than us three one or four one. It was just. It was just nothing. It was just nothing to get yeah. excited about. I mean, I'll be honest, the last 20, 25 minutes, I had more of an eye on the, on the playoff game between Forest and um, Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. This is a thing where I am concerned, quite deeply concerned, that the, the heavy defeats have scarred Ralph, I think, more than people realise, to the point that, I'm not sure, and maybe this is his trust in the players or the trust in his own tactics and his kind of tactical blueprint of high press, sort of properly go for it football and, yeah, maybe leave yourself vulnerable. But if we can win the ball back, you know, we can definitely look dangerous against top sides. I'm concerned now if his sort of default, because he's scared of what's happened and scarred by it, will be performances like that. And ultimately, none of the players will enjoy playing in that style. And it's not what any fan wants to see their team do. It, it was just completely toothless. And ultimately, I actually draw, I drew some comparisons with what we did against Arsenal. And it's kind of strange to say that one game we won 1-0 and one game we lost 2-1. But, I mean, we were kind of, we, we scored a bit of a strange goal against Arsenal and thanks, well, have Fraser Forster to thank for the three points, which, Jesus, we'd have been right within it if that happened. But it's that sort of performance that I don't know, you know, it's some, sometimes it might be applauded, sometimes it might not be. But 
ultimately long term it is not where you want to take a football club and and that is the like i'm just i'm left with this slightly uneasy feeling that is there's so many question marks about what style of football we're going to get under ralph moving forward given the just absolute absolute capitulation of the last three months and 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 for me this was like more indicative of it than heavier defeats because any of those hallmarks of the Ralph system were were completely gone. Yeah, if we'd be playing football like that, where we're not basically not having a go, we're playing so defensively. I mean, I was I was not a fan of Claude Puel, but the proof in the, the proof is that he he got us. To, I mean, we finished, we finished eight with a with an asterisk. With we finished six points in the relegation zone. Eight points clear the relegation zone, so not that far ahead of what we are now, but it was eight. But the, the football was shit. Let's be honest, the football under under Puel was rubbish. And under times under Ralph, we played excellent football. But the last few weeks, it's been dire. The football we played has been terrible. It's been worse than what it was under Puel. And if I mean, I lost patience with Puel. <laughs> we got to eight for the cup final. I've, I'm, I'm at the point now where I've lost patience with Ralph and we're just we're going nowhere well I say we're going nowhere we're, get, we're going backwards we're going a long way backwards and <laughs> he's clearly been spooked by results like I mean obviously the Chelsea game happened and I mean it could have been that, that game probably should have been double figures and then the, I mean that's the that Chelsea game is basically the reason we got one more win against Arsenal because we packed everyone back and managed to nick a goal. And obviously Fraser was incredible, but it's not it's not the tactic we need to be going with. It's not not the players the players we've got. Our defense is not good enough. It's nowhere near good enough to be playing backs to the wall football all the time. We haven't got these players like like Burnley had, it's like James Tarkovsky and Ben Me. I mean, I mean, I know they've been relegated in the past last five or six years, Burnley yeah, yeah, yeah. play that sort of football with those two at the back together, solid, solid back lines, solid, solid experienced defenders. Our defenders, none of them are experienced, but well, our most experienced fan is Jack Stevens, which says it all. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. And I think we're going to come on to talk about the season as a whole shortly, but there is a feeling and I don't know whether it's, you know, that there is a core truth within it that this is what's happening. But people, I think, that kind of watch more football than I do and know Saints a bit better than I do, are starting to say it seems like the players aren't that happy carrying out Ralph's tactics. And it feels like there may be an aspect of has he lost what is, you know, I think a squad that we all know is going to hopefully look quite different come next year and have, you know, certain comments in the media, what we've done tactically, not being able to stop other sides scoring and looking so vulnerable when we concede. All of these things just amounted to a real issue between the players and Ralph. And like you say, the, the experience of these players needs to be spoken about as well. Like Salisu, who early half of the season was by far and away one of our best players and by far and away our best defender you know he's 22 years old like we we ultimately need to completely revamp the squad with players that are much more competitive across the the team but there does just seem to be a real issue between i think Ralph carrying out or or the 
team carrying out Ralph's tactics and Ralph sort of carrying out his blueprint and his, yeah, what has been his, his tactical sort of, I guess, stance for, for, I mean, pre Southampton, right. The football that he's played at, at Leipzig, for instance, like that was, that's very similar to what we probably saw in early Ralph at Southampton. Now I'm not sure he properly knows how to, how to set up or, or, you know, what games require a certain system versus others. I think just to point out like some comments that I've reflected on a little bit, Ralph was talking about the higher we finish up the table, the more we'll do be able to do within the transfer market. And I think someone on Twitter said this, but I was reflecting on it thinking that really isn't the incentive for no, those players right. that he, he thinks it is, right? <laughs> Wait, no, eight players. Oh, yeah. Yeah, finish, finish high on the table, we'll sign better players than you. I mean, it's, exactly. It's and I mean, I, I just feel like there's just been a real, like, I mean, down tools is, is bordering on an understatement. We have been harpooned on the beach for three months and... I mean, it culminated with another, by the looks of things, shocking performance at the King Power Stadium, which we can briefly touch on. But like these two games for me kind of encapsulate why I feel that apathy about Saints and why I ultimately, and I think I've been this way throughout us doing this podcast and throughout us, you know, I guess chatting about Ralph since he's been in charge, I'm left with such a big question mark that I'm struggling to get over it right now, uh, whether he is the man to take us forward. Yeah, I mean, it just showed at the weekends. I mean, I've only seen the highlights really, but you look at the goals and it's it's bargain bin defend, defending from bargain bin defenders. You look at, we've signed, Lianco is our replacement for Vestergaard, who, and Lianco is was in one of the worst defences in Italy last season and he couldn't get in the team. I mean, I get this whole, oh, he's, he's passionate. I mean, if you want passionate people in the team, who, who, you just like their passion, get, get a fan, get someone from the stands in. <laughs> it's, it's honestly like, he's he's not good. I, I, he's rash. He's, he's not, he's just doesn't, doesn't feel me of any confidence whatsoever. I know, mate. Um, I just, I, I actually can't. I actually can't sometimes watching him. And I, we, I think we commented early on. We were like, "Oh God, I think we'll have a few scary moments with Lianco." But he was probably doing more off the pitch with his social media presence and whatnot than he was on it. So everyone gave him the benefit of that. He, he I was, was at his, I was at his debut at Sheffield United back in what September, and yeah, he got bullied by Ollie McBurney. <laughs> Ollie McBurney is crap. He is he is massively crap, and. At the weekend, he's playing against Jamie Vardy, one of the one of the best strikers in the Premier that the Premier League seen, especially in terms of pace and getting him behind. Yeah. And he's next to Jack Stevens, who is Jack Stevens. We know what we get with him. We get the we get one good game, we get five bad games, and it's been the case since he came into the team in 2017 when Van Dijk got injured. He's not. He's never looked like he. I mean, he's threatened once or twice. Do you think, oh, maybe he's cracked it now? And all of a sudden, he just reverts back to type after, after a couple of games. We need an experienced defender who's ready to go in next to Salisu next season. Otherwise, we're going to be banging trouble. I think, I think we'll probably will be banging trouble anyway, but we need, we can't keep going. Because it's like, ben, I think Bednarik's off. We get, say you get 10 million for him, which I mean, 
probably generous the way he's been this season. But the rumours are more maybe than ten, which we have I mean, to. If, if we get more than ten, I mean, bite the hands off <laughs> and get someone in who's experienced and is ready to go. Not someone who's be like like with Salis, who we had a couple of years ago. Oh, we've got to wait eight months to put him in a team because he's not ready. Get someone who's ready and get someone who's a leader. Get someone who's experienced. Not, I'm not saying get someone. I'm not saying get Gary Cahill in on the three. I'm saying get someone who's who knows the league. I'm not going to get give names off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah, James Tarkovsky. He would. He's better than all of our defenders. Of course he's he really, is, and, he, and he's just been relegated. We're not going to get him because better teams like than us. I mean, Everton. No, Everton have just stayed up, but they're in for him. Aston Villa are in for him. Probably someone like Leicester are in for him, and they'll be miles ahead of us, McHugh. It's that yeah. age profile, though, to your points now about experience. And again, we're not going to like you know list off defenders here, but someone like Tarkovsky, with proven experience, and I'm not just saying Premier League experience, but playing at the top level. And Lianko's minutes, to your point about him, you know, playing in one of the worst defenses in Italy, he actually didn't even play that much for Torino, one of the worst defenses in Italy. Like that's the difference. If we actually want to compete, you know, and and show that we can push on under the new ownership. We need to be signing players, specifically for the centre-back position, which if you look at age profiles of, of that position in the best across, you know, Europe's top five leagues, it is 27 and up, you know, between 27 and 31. Like, and we, we you know, Jack Stevens is 27, for instance, but he's not proven Premier League quality, not proven consistently at the top level. If we want to go anywhere, we need to be filling our squad with players that I appreciate we're not going to be able to buy 10 of them, but a few of those key signings need to be in those areas with the right profile. It's the same with like Diallo. I mean, I just do not see him at all. We, he's another, like I said, as I said before, bargain bin player because we were in for, is it Ibrahim Sang- Sangare, who's mm. at PSV? Mm. He turned us down, went to PS- PSV. He's tearing it up. And now I think Chelsea linked with him. He turned us down. We went for Diallo. Diallo is, we basically want a defensive, we want a defensive midfielder. Diallo is not a defensive midfielder. When, whenever he plays, we are so open in midfield, it's unreal, especially next yeah. to all Prowse. Because I think mean, we discussed this before, but he's, he looks like, he looks like, a, he looks completely lost when he plays. He, he thinks, he thinks he's got 10 seconds longer on the ball than he actually has. He's, yeah, it's just been, yeah, it's just there was a moment actually, signing. Against Liverpool, where he did it, I think twice in a row. Where, of course, you know what Liverpool's <laughs> tactics are in terms of how they press. He just turned as soon as he got the ball, turned to to face up the pitch and got the ball nicked off him a couple of times. I think Ralph maybe even singled him out after the game, but said that we were really dangerous with the ball in possession, and that wasn't the idea at all. I mean, it was one of the few times that we maybe tried to actually play it out, but it, it went very badly through Diallo. I think, I don't know, and I was reflecting on this, given the squad, and others have spoken about this, but the squad that was selected for Sunday was quite surprising for me. I appreciate the under-18s had just competed for the national title against City, but I was surprised to maybe see not a couple of the youngsters on the bench. Like, we, by all intents and purposes, we've got a very exciting both B team and under-18 team coming through right now. We, We have set right what was a few years of not that many exciting players coming through, but to have Walcott, Gineppo on the bench. And it kind of, I started to link this maybe to the development of someone like a Diallo. Like 
potentially in the right environment with the right coach, we might be able to bring in a player like that who had a good season in league on and, and turn him into a better player. But if the kind of player doesn't have the right environment or Ralph, who actually, if we reflect on how many young players he's actually brought through at Saints is pretty low. And again, this is where the question mark for me is coming in, like reflecting on our season as a whole and, and what young players he could have brought through or at least given minutes to like, is it just a complete unknown? Like you're, you're struggling to actually know, can Ralph improve players to the point that, you know, you bring in someone like a Diallo and he maybe, you know, does kick on, but you're right. It's just been a really underwhelming signing, both in terms of the amount of minutes he's got and what we've seen when he's played. Yeah. Like you mentioned about the, the team selection at the weekends, you, people were saying, oh, why Brozier wasn't black, wasn't in the squad. We're going to because he's because he's not going to be here next season. I mean, you could list you could list seven or eight players who, in my view, shouldn't be there next season who are in the squad. Like, a, like I mean, you've got Walcott and Shane Long. They're not going to be here next season. Well, if they are, then we're, then we're even more, we're worse. We're more in trouble than I thought we were. But yeah, it was just really strange. I mean, I think I think like someone like Dib, I know Dibbling on the bench against Brentford. I think he's a I think he had a knock. He, he, he did a knock recently because he didn't start against City, did he? In the um, in the final, but yeah, it's, you want, you'd rather see someone on the bench like it. It's like one of the young lads on the bench, then a Walcott or a Long. This, 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 just a wasted seat on the bench, really. Mm, mm. This is the thing about me reflecting on Ralph and thinking, like, has he been scarred too much by what's happened? But ultimately, there, there was probably one or two opportunities across the last four or five weeks to kind of come out and say the right thing and do the right thing with both his selections, you know, and and the the kind of broader broader squad bringing through some of those youngsters. And I just can't, I just can't remember like a moment where I've been like, God, Ralph saying the right thing off the back of that defeat, or you know, he's still, as you say, traipsing out the old adage about wanting to see a response from the previous defeat, but. We will look to kind of wrap up on 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 the season and, and where we sit. But 15th is where we finished, Sam. 40 points, which is three below where we finished last season. Negative goal difference of 24. It is the fourth worst goal difference in the league. So Everton and Burnley, who finished below us, had better um, goal difference than us. We conceded 67 goals which again is the fourth worst in the division. Um, and our sort of capitulation, I think it was five points from a possible 33. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was 11 games and we only took five points from them to finish the season. Could be wrong, but I think that's what we finished up with. I mean, it apart just paints that, the... Apart from that, it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Apart from that. Bloody good season. Uh, it just paints a story of just a horrific few weeks. And I guess before we move on to maybe slightly more, yeah, uh, brighter topics in terms of highlights of the season, anything to finish on for that section? I mean, we, we basically stayed up because of the run between December and, and February, haven't we? I mean, we, what did we get before that? I think we won a couple of games. We, did, we, we didn't win for mid-October. I know, I know this... I know, I mean, we didn't start the season too badly in terms of performances, but yeah, we didn't, didn't win until we beat Leeds in, in October. 
And then obviously the West Ham game after Boxing Day was when it kickstarted our little run. But other than that, it's been an absolute, the season's been a complete write-off. I mean, we've we only won nine up. games, Sam. Yeah. We only won nine, nine games. And yeah, three, but... three, three wins away from home. Yeah. But up until up until March, we'd lost one home game. Now we've lost, yeah. what, four, five in a row? Jeez. Yeah, maybe not in a row because we had the Arsenal game oh, in, yeah. well, uh, in lost, the middle of yeah, it. Yeah, we've lost, what, seven at home seven, now? Seven, I think it is, yeah. It's... Yeah, yeah. You compare it with other teams like Brentford, Brentford who've had, in quotation, nothing to play for. Newcastle against Arsenal last week, nothing to play for, supposedly. Play them they were so park. good. They were play so good. I know they got better individuals than us, Newcastle, but I'm looking at the effort side of things. I mean, they played with the effort and the quality in that game. I mean, players like Gimaraj and Callum Wilson's back. But it was the effort from the from every single player on that pitch. They wanted yeah. it more than Arsenal that day. We haven't wanted it more than a team. We haven't looked like we've wanted it more than a team for about three, four months. And it's that's the thing that grabs me. I can understand. We get beaten by better teams. We're Southampton. Shake it off. It's fine. If you get beaten by a team that that, that looks a lot more arsed, players look a lot more arsed than we do, then it's, it's, it's shambolic. It's... Players, players are basically down tools the last few months, and it feels like the manager has as well. Yeah. Not much more to add, mate, than that. Uh, yeah, we will try and have a bit of a gear change for the second half of this, where we go through some awards. I was thinking, do we have, like, you know, worst moment, shittest performance, but given we've just spent... Yes, can, we just put, can we just put March to May? Yeah, exactly. We've had basically three months of... Absolute dross. We will, though, now move into uh, the awards that we touched on, or I guess it will be like a bit of a season review, but we'll pick out some particular categories that we want to talk about. The first one, I'll hand it over to you, Sam. Game of the season. I mean, for me, this is an easy one. I mean, there's been a few, we've had a few good games at home, like, I mean, the Brentford game at home was great. So, I mean, it was real feel good in the stadium that night when we beat, when we beat Brentford 4 1, because obviously the owners, the new owners had just come in and we played really well against, I know that Brentford was struggling back then, but we did play really well that night. West Ham away was a crucial win, but there's only one winner for me in terms of game of the season, Tottenham away. It was just performance wise, it was incredible. The atmosphere was incredible. The limbs were incredible. And, uh, when Adam scored, it was just a fantastic night. And um, yeah, that's just a standout for me. It's a brilliant day. Yeah, it has to be the same for me, mate. I think in terms of the the game that off the back of what has been a bit of a slog of a season, like we we won't forget that game in a hurry. Phil, yeah, I guess it was just incredible atmosphere, the Saints end. The drama of coming back in that manner felt very unsaints-like. The VAR call, which they when they would have equalised to, you know, make it three-three. There were so many elements to the game which were just quality. And you, you also think, where did that Saints go? We were really good for large parts of that game. Even thinking first half, where it just felt like a matter of time before we were going to score. We were getting into such good areas. 
and against a side that you know really since Conte's taken over have been one of the best sides in the in the league so yeah awesome day I do want to do have an honourable mention to City at home which I I think we rode our luck at times but we felt like we were properly in that game and if you yeah. think about the level that City are at as a as a team and a squad like that that felt really good coming away from that being properly in that and it was sort of part of that three-game spell where we drew against City, beat Spurs away, then drew against United in a game that really could have gone either way. And we went toe-to-toe with United at Old Trafford. So those three games, I think, were really our best period in the season. I appreciate we only won one of them, but the the City home game. um, And I guess the City away performance was decent, but probably for different reasons. I think having that, the fact we scored um, in the home game was a great goal, great team move. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a, in agreement in the ultimate game of the season, but very good point at home to City and a good performance as well. Yeah, definitely. Next up, I mean, this will probably be the shortest discussion uh, yeah, out of the four categories we've listed out here, but player of the season, Sam. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to, I was going to try and do like a little joke, but no, it's, it's James Ward-Prowse, isn't it? I mean, without him, we're relegated. We, the, the, I mean, the, the goals he scored at, you think Brian away, Leeds away. If he didn't score those, we're, we're down. We're, we're down. We're, we're in massive, massive trouble. Spurs at home, he got a, got a point as well. The two assists that Spurs away. He's just been, he's been there in clutch moments this season. He's probably, he's, he's stood up, which he's really become the talisman that we've wanted him to be for years. And, I mean, I know people say he's just a set piece most. He's not. He's a big part of the way we play when we're on it. And yeah, he's probably dug us out of the hole this season. I am obviously not going to disagree. I am going to take us off on a small tangent. And there might be a few predictions for the summer that we leave this pod with. Does he stay or does he go? I think he stays with it. I don't see anyone paying the money we'd want for him. But if I was him, I would go. Interesting answer. Does the fact that Fraser Forster, supposedly someone he's very close to, leaving for Spurs make any difference to a potential move there? No, it sounds a bit like when you're picking teams at school in the playground, like, <laughs> doing like oh, he's on my, he's always, this guy's on my team where it comes a package. <laughs> And I know people go, oh, um, it happened to that Lambert and the Lama. It's not, that's not going to be, if he goes to Spurs, that's not why he's going to Spurs. If he goes to Spurs, it's because he wants to play Champions League football and play, play for Antonio Conte. Yeah, good answer. I swear, <laughs> I was trying to think of a high profile sort of, uh, Lambert and the Lama is not the one I was thinking of, and it's not Saints related. I'm just a player that they brought in. I remember Saints signed, Saints signed, Saints signed a Latvian player to play. Yeah. Lad called Eman's Blood Dallas in the, in the night when we signed Bahars. I think it happened mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with Delgado as well. We signed Clever Charla to play with Delgado. Neither of Charla and Blood Dallas never really played for us. They were just there to be mates with Bahars and Delgado. I mean, Delgado barely played for us either, to be fair. 
Yeah, good point. I mean, there were two <laughs> examples that you gave me that were Saints related. So very well played on that front, Sam. But I, it's not the, I, I guess, like settling into a new country and someone from the same nationality, I guess that makes slightly a bit more sense than just he's my yeah. mate. Um, interesting. I, I sort of came out of out of nowhere, but I guess he's going to play second fiddle to Hugo Lloris. But yeah, enjoy that. I mean, he's going to get, I mean, what's he going to do? Playing the League Cup in the FA Cup? Mm, I mean, yeah. Then maybe the odd game if Luis is injured. It's a good move for him. Fair play. A decent payday for him as well. Yeah. Judging by uh, the scenes on the open top bus yesterday, not a bad gig, is it, for the likes of Scott Carson and others just playing that uh, backup goalie role? Just, just wanted to be Jack Greenish yesterday. <laughs> yeah. What a day that guy had. <laughs> just absolutely loving it. Uh Yeah. What did he say? He said some Riyad Mahrez was playing like Almiron. He thanked Bernardo Silva for coming off because he was awful. Look how Almiron was coming home checking his phone last night thinking, why, yeah. am, I, why am I trending? How have I been dragged into this? Yeah. Like Peter Andre with the Wagatha Christie saga. <laughs> uh, right. We goal of the season. This one, I think, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on this. I've had a little reflection on a few of the, the high-profile goals. I'll again let you start, Sammy Boy, and then we'll we'll chat it out. So I've gone for uh, Ward Prowse's free kick at Wolves. I think I'm of the opinion like Armstrong's Armstrong against Coventry is brilliant, as as was Perrode's, but I think the fact that Perrode, who never scores, scores a goal like that shows that goals from long range can be just can be like I mean, I know the Ward Prowse's free kick is long range, but he's a master of his craft at that. And I don't think I don't really think anyone else in our team could do that. Well, I think actually I know no one else in our team can do that. And I think very few players in the world can do that. That that goal, and he's doing it for us. And it's I think it's the best goal I've seen us score this season. Yeah. All right. I'll throw a couple more into the mix, but I ultimately came to the same conclusion as you. Shea Adams at Watford, I really liked. I did, uh, I did forget about that one. It's very yeah, good. Yeah, which is sort of a... I like goals that you don't often see. And I guess, actually, in some ways, Will Prowse's free kick at Wolves sort of fits that bill as well because that knuckleball technique is, one, very hard, and two, something he doesn't do often. Um, but Shea's, yeah, goal. Uh, I think Armstrong's uh, against Villa at home is a mm. is a is like a... It was one of those sort of moments where it was a Friday night, wasn't it? It was like, just felt like a big moment for him. Um, yeah, it's yeah, definitely my top, it's, it's in my top two of his goals. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Out of all of the two goals he scored, it's it's up there. Um, yeah, so I think honourable mention to those two, but ultimately I can't really look past um, more Prowse's free kick at Wolves. Armstrong Armstrong's was really fucking good as well. I think. That, the angle, the, that angle. Of yeah, that that angle. Did I see somewhere, and I might have been dreaming this, but I swear someone posted that it might have won the FA Cup goal of the season. Yeah, I don't know, some, one of these weird votes me. that don't really mean anything. Did you see the many... match of the day goal of the season? Like, yeah, Salah, wasn't it? Yeah, but did you see the one that didn't make it? Bernardo Silva's against... Villa. That's that's honestly one of my one of my one of, that's that's my goal of the season. That or oh, Kovacic. My Kovacic God, yeah, Kovacic, that, that was fucking unreal. I could not believe it wasn't in there. Like the whole move, and then for him to do that at the end, 
the way those the way those are done these days on match days, they're all fat. Yeah. They don't get in the top three of the fat. It's all done by fans and only certain clubs win the bloody bullshit. Right. I did love the Neves one against um was it Watford, the little chip? The chip, yeah. Again, yeah. that's a, that sort of fits into that category of goals you don't really see that often. Yeah, I like that. He's off, isn't he? I've heard somewhere. I think he's played his last looks game. Like it club. looks like there's a, few, there's a few clubs down there losing their life. Because Tiedemann's leaving Leicester as well, isn't it? Mm, mm. All right. Well, let's we'll go into some predictions for the summer and maybe very early next season predictions, but I'm not sure how we'll get on with that. You, you did throw in the category of signing of the season. I mean, sort of scrabbling around for this one, aren't we? Who, who would you give it to? Tino, isn't it? I mean, I know he's he sort of tailed off a bit, but I think I think it's Tino because yes. when when he came in, I had zero zero expectations of him, and it's it's, it's definitely I think it's definitely him. Yes, I I think I would have to say the same. I think we've got mm, potentially a player in Perod longer yeah, term. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. The issue is both of them have got, I mean, Tino's is far worse than than Perode's, but Perode, I think, is out for quite a bit of pre-season now as well. So, slight injury issue there. I was thinking with Tino, how explosive he was early on in the season and, you know, going back to that game, was it against United, our first home game of the season? Like, he was just so good, just rampaging down the right right-hand side. He did tail off. And I'm just wondering if his minutes could have been managed a bit better by Ralph, given the options that we had in Perode. So it's sort of a, yes, it's Tino signing of the season, but maybe if we'd used Perode like more and probably played our second best player of the season, Carl Walker-Peters, the whole time, you know, from from game one. And that was kind of what we did. And we bed in Livramento throughout the, the year a bit more. I don't know. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, and all hypotheticals. But yeah, I think Tino signing of the season. Manager of the season, Marianne Spacey-Kill. Hey, would have to be. Yeah. <laughs> did you catch any of the game on Saturday? I didn't know. I was I was out with friends, but I saw the highlights and saw and um yeah, brilliant yeah. form. Ah, uh, so good. Just step up now. Really is, and I'm really intrigued to see how we how we get on. But I've seen the highlights also. Um seemed like we were well worth the the victory. Um and yeah, it just seems to be a really talented young squad we've got going. Really well taken goal by Sophia Farrow. And mate, class. Like it's genuinely that's the kind of level I probably would have put us at, I guess, when the club was founded and where we targeted and, and we're there now and competing against some really decent women's teams. Any other sort of little categories you want to throw out last minute, Sammy? Yeah, we could do like worst game of the season, but how long <laughs> you got? <laughs> It is quite hard to pinpoint which was the lowest moment. Uh, it would ha- it would have to be home to Chelsea, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I thought the Palace game was really bad. The home one that was just just an awful game. So I know we went one new up. It was awful from start to finish. But yeah, it's not. Let's try and keep it a bit more positive. Not, not yeah, on the bad the bad ones too much. I know, mate. We've done that the wrong way around, but. I think the awards yeah. was a good little section and uh, left me feeling a bit more positive. Um, but I think to your point of the Palace game, we have plenty of those a season shit games like that where we do nothing and you know yeah. we're, we're bad. Uh, and actually, to end on a final positive note before we look forward to the summer and next season, we didn't lose 9-0. Well, 
Ralph's, Ralph's first full season with that 9 0. Yes. Get in. If that's, that's not progress. The, that is, that's the real quiz right there. That's the real quiz. Exactly. Did you lose 9 0? Yes or no? No. Get on with it. We've, Get we've, on with it, Ralphie boy. And it does seem like we're backing him because, with a nod to the summer, we're going to Austria for our, our pre-season tour. Ralph spending a bit of time at home, it seems. I think we're playing the team that his son plays for. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if we suck him now, that'd be very awkward. Listeners, if you don't know that Ralph's son plays football, he's also quite a handsome fella, if memory uh, serves correctly. Saw a picture of him uh, floating about. So, yeah, check that out. Uh Right then, Sam, anything we want to talk about RE Summer? I mean, we could probably do like a two-hour-long pod on where we need to strengthen and why. Just like quick fire, your overview for the summer, how much we'll spend, maybe a little prediction on that. No, I don't care about net spend, right? Because we'll, we'll probably get, well, are we going to get many, recoup many transfer fees for the players we've got? Unless JWP goes. Uh, how much we'll spend? And, oh, here's one. First game of next season, how many of the starting lineup, and I'll give it to you if you need it, from Sunday will start? Um, I, I mean, I don't really know how much we'll spend. It's, it's just impossible to tell with, these new, with the new owners and what we're going to do. I mean, I'd like to think we'll get, I mean, how long have you got in terms of what positions you need to strengthen, but. I'd like six new signings that are ready to go and ready to go into the first team. Not six new signings that are going to be flowing around, not ready to go straight away, having to adapt to play Ralph's system. Six new signings are ready to go and ready to improve improve us. And well, and I don't I don't think that'll happen. So I think probably. I mean, injury depending, I think there'll be six starters from the weekend that will be starting the first game of next season. So I'd probably go, I think McCarthy will start in the first game of next season, unfortunately. Walker Peters will start. Salisu. Oh, Salisu, Wal Prowse, probably Romeo, and then maybe that'll be it. Maybe that'll be it for me. But the thing is, I obviously love saying, yeah, if that happens, mate, I'm done. I think I would actually be done. I was about to say, I love Saints, right? But looking through the squad that we put out on Sunday, I'm just so it's actually depressing looking through the names on it. And some of these names have been kicking about for far too long. I agree with you that six would be what we'd want to see by way of first team squad members that can improve us. And if you think that maybe they cost between the realms of 15 and 20 million pounds a pop, that will be what a hundred mil sort yeah, of rebuild. Not spend 100 million, are we? I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. Again, I feel like we could probably spend hours going through the positions we need. We obviously need a new goalkeeper. We need probably two or three new defenders. I think we need maybe one new central midfielder, two or three new number 10s, and a new striker. Yeah, it's quite a lot then. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Okay, and now I want to ask you another thing about the James Ward Prowse saga. If we got offered £80 million, he's gone. 
And the, I guess the trade for that would be that we reinvest all 80 million into maybe, I don't know, seven new players that we've just listed there. Like how, what do you feel about that deal? No, because I don't, A, I don't trust the club to invest, reinvest that money. We'll end up, we could end up like Spurs when Bale left, where they signed a load of duds and we're in a worse position than we are now. All Prowse is, we need, to, we need to keep him. But like I said earlier, I mean, I said earlier, if I was him, I'd go. But we needed to keep him. Yeah, fair. It's absolutely pissing it down where I am, by the way. So apologies, listener, if you can hear the rain. <laughs> Yeah, hammering down. Bright, sun, uh, bright sunshine, Rich. That's what you get out that that way, mate. <laughs> so you pay the big bucks. If you want the rainbow. Uh, <laughs> right, what have we got left to talk about? I'm not sure. Where I are think, we going yeah, to... Yeah, you now. Where are we going to finish next season? I just don't think... It's the thing about, like, we can't answer really how much we're going to spend... There have been a few mixed noises from the club on, okay, how big a rebuild will it be? This is a thing, mate. It's just so hard to so hard to say. I think that if we turn up with the same squad we've got now, with Ralph in charge in August, how unlikely that is, I appreciate that. We finished 20th out of 20 teams. Yeah. I'll go along with that, especially if we've still got his his gaggle of goalkeeping coaches behind him. <laughs> he's he's got someone else. Go replaced Danny, replaced Danny Roller for three years. Now Danny Roller's buddy lurk. Isn't he, is he with Hansi Flick or is he still at Bayern Munich? He's either, he's either with the German No, he's team. with the German national team, yeah. yeah with, and and we're, we're, we're dicking around with, Kit, is it Kitz Bickler? Kitz Blucher. Kitz Blucher, whatever his name is. And Dave Watson and his iPad. We need, we based, and, and Kelvin Davis putting the bibs out. He needs someone. In, he needs someone in to help him out there. He's lots of players coming and help him out. Or oh, yeah, like you said, we're going to finish twenty out of twenty. Well, nice positive way to finish the part. Yeah, it is. But I think you raise an interesting point. One that we've not spoken about. You do look at our coaching staff, and you think when it's when Ralph is sort of in his head about many of the topics that we've spoken about on this pod and others. Who is there to bounce off him? Who's got the credibility to do that? Who's ever turned that to shit the soon? Yeah, exactly. And ultimately, like all of all of the best coaches in the world have a team around them that is qualified and credible and that they rate. And we ain't got that, boy. We have not got that. So we're getting ready to get it next year. We're losing JWP and we're not reinvesting the money. There you go. So we're losing. I, said, I said he should go. He, he should go. I said he so, should. He should. If I was him, I would go. Not get in his ear, Sam. Use some of your connections. <laughs> get in his ear. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed that, Samuel. We have spoken about all things Saints and all things the season just gone, which feels literally never ending this season. I guess we're going to have a couple of months off, aren't we? Yeah, I think we need it. I think we all need it. I think Saints fans need to get off Twitter. Stop hitting F5 on Saints web. Just see what happens on the first day of the season. See who turns up. Wouldn't that be fun, actually, not knowing? You I couldn't suggest do it, that though, last could you? year. I mean, 
it wouldn't be great for my job at Sky Sports News if, True. if, if the tra- there's no transfer <laughs> rumours or stuff like that. But it would be quite interesting just to rock up and just say, oh, look, you signed in. Oh, shit. He's, <laughs> oh, shit. He's gone. Is that Leandro? Oh, shit. But yeah, yeah. It'd be quite, it would be quite funny. But yeah, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't do much for Sky Sports News' coverage. But yeah, be. mate. So you got to protect your employer and say, look, don't do that, Saints fans. Um, but I am going to switch off, I think, certainly from social media. Some of the tenuous links that you get, although actually a link that seems to be gathering some pace is the young keeper from City. Is it the one that was at Pompey? Bazanu. Yeah, he plays in Stock. He's, he's, isn't he Ireland's number one now as well? I mean, yeah. Although the young goalkeeper from Man City all sound very, very familiar to me. It does. Yeah. Anguas Guan. Uh, he's now a championship footballer. Likely where really, he, he was. Anyway. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I had really high. I remember he had a few performances in his early early time at Saints, and I thought this guy is the real deal. And then it did feel like that, didn't it? I think it it was a fork in the road moment. He played Huddersfield the last game of the season, didn't he? Like pick around the ball, and give it, give the ball to Alex Pritchard. Pritchard scored. We drew one all, and after that, he was shite. Never the same again. It's such a weird position, isn't it? I mean, you you would know, Sam. You spent some of your younger years as a keeper. I was also like, <laughs> <laughs> mentally though, the impact of a mistake on on some keepers. Uh, yeah, it was like his De Gea style saves with his legs. Everyone's got quite excited about that. I think his like technique as yeah. a keeper looked quite good, but absolutely shite. We've gone down a rabbit hole here of Angus Gunn. I'm just basically wanting to prolong our last pod before we, you know. Another don't... tenuous link I've seen is one Alex Oxley Chamberlain. That's I've all say, Bale, actually. I've seen people say, "Oh, Oxley Chamberlain would be very would be like a signing wall." I think Chamberlain's 28 and still. I mean, if he was 30, right? To our team. If people were saying that, get out. A hundred percent. I mean, this guy is like, actually looked all right as well for Liverpool when he's played this year. Walcott hadn't looked all right for years. For argument's sake, we could get him for we could get him on loan for a season. I mean, there's basically 38 games, we wouldn't be able to play 38 even on loan. But <laughs> if he was for argument's sake, if he was there for 36 games in our team next season, he'd massively improve us if he was if he, if he was of at the level that he can be at. Of course. I mean, Gareth, Gareth Bell would be would be funny, but yeah. I think I'll say Chamberlain would be an excellent would be an excellent signing, but May just, may just be a ten, very tenuous link again. And if, if he brings Perry Evans with him, that's another bonus. Hey, another bloody bonus. Let's get the band back <laughs> together. And I don't mean Little Mix. I mean Oxlade <laughs> Chamberlain. I mean your Gareth Bales. Who else can we wheel out? Um, yeah. Well, let's see what happens, Sam. I think it's going to be a very interesting summer. One which I'm going to try and avoid the awful Twitter rumours that will undoubtedly circle uh and yeah we will be back i'm sure with some sort of pre-season fair where we'll be looking back on our summer of transfer dealings with either high hopes or uh yeah trepidation as we enter what will be next season final quick fire prediction first game ralph's in charge right yeah yeah don't ask me about the don't ask me about the temp game this season though that could be a, that could be yeah. a very different answer. Yeah. Well, let's not get started on that though. Let's not get started on that. 
<laughs> we ended it. We, we had some good moments throughout the season. We've reflected on them today, listener. I hope you've enjoyed it. Myself and Sam will be, yeah, I mean, I certainly am going to be, uh, yeah, not kind of manning the marching in pod uh, Twitter feed. So we'll take a bit of a break from all comms to you all. But we will be back pre-season 22-23. Sam, is it our year to finally progress? Who knows? Um, but Sam, any last words for the listener? Uh, it's been a fun season. I mean, it's been fun airing our grievances anyway. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, it's been great. Thank you, listener, for staying for the ride as well. Um, I think this might be episode 20. So, yeah, we've done 20 episodes. I think they say you don't really get into your groove as a podcast until episode 100. <laughs> That's what so someone once se- told me. second season syndrome as well. Mate, I think it could be that difficult second album, couldn't it? Um, <laughs> no, yeah, thank you very much, listener, to all of your support and your listens. Thanks again to some of our guests. We've obviously had Paul Cox on more than most. A shout out to Coxie for him coming on. He seemed to like coming on mainly when we were doing shit because he's been Ralph out basically all season. <laughs> Uh, and it was slightly tough for me to, to to defend Ralph in those moments but yeah big shout out to him um, and all of the listeners as well for yeah staying tuned and we will be back next year not next year you know when we'll be back pre-season next season mm-hmm.